Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V, the Grill Economist. We have with us the man of the hour who needs no introduction at this point. It is Harley Schlanger. You can find him over at the LaRouche Organization.com, the LaRouche Organization.com, as well as the Schiller Institute.com, the Schiller Institute.com. With that being said, Harley, live from Germany, my friend, how is it going? Well, I couldn't be more busy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, just an incredible um, confluence of events, in, including the the whole situation now uh, revolving around the new government that's about to come in in Germany, which is going to be a complete disaster. Oh yeah. Uh, you have on top of that, you have this so-called Ukraine-Russia confrontation, which is largely being whipped up by uh, Tony Blinken mm. and the British. The, you know, I just went on the websites yesterday of some of the British think tanks, the Atlantic Council, uh, which is a British, was started as a British uh, site, Chatham House, uh, and then, of course, there are other American branch, uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Every single one of them has an article about how Putin is obsessed with Ukraine, and that's why he's about to invade. Oh, God. And this was presented at the NATO foreign ministers meeting in Riga, Latvia, two days ago. And you know, Blinken came in and said, well, I had to counsel the Ukrainians not to overreact. Now, why would the Ukrainians overreact? They're being told by every single person they talk to, the Russians are about to invade. And you ask the Russians about it, and they say, first of all, we don't have 100,000 troops on the border. Secondly, those troops are in Russia. They're mm-hmm. not crossing the border. You're the ones who are putting troops on the, the Russian border in other countries, referring to British troops now in Poland, American, the, the, the Poles have invited 2,000 Americans to permanently set up camp in Poland. Uh, the Ukrainians are asking for troops. So you have these other countries in Western Europe that are sending troops to the Russian border. And then when the Russians send uh, observers to see what they're doing, that's called a Russia preparation for an invasion. <laughs> Now, what what we think is going on is that the intention is to unleash the crazies in Ukraine, the Azov Battalion, the Banderistas, the the Nazi militia units inside the defense and security forces that are already sending drones once again into eastern Ukraine. And the intention is that if you stir them up enough so they start making life miserable for the ethnic Russians who live in eastern Ukraine, they think they can provoke the Russians to invade, in which case 
the U.S. and, and NATO would have to react. Now, it's highly unlikely that the U.S. military is crazy enough to want to fight a war with Russia in Ukraine. Right. But right, exactly. what's the purpose of all of this? Well, part of it is to keep the American population focused on the evil Putin. Just like it's with uh, Taiwan, it's the evil Xi Jinping. <clears throat> so they're not paying attention to the hyperinflation, the cost of food, fuel, energy, and at the same time, the uh, insanity of the so-called green policy. Distraction, diversion, and oops, maybe we'll end up with a nuclear war, but hopefully not. I mean, it's, it, it seems that's what it's looking like, Harley. You know, these idiots are, they want to keep the population as distracted as possible. They understand that they, in order to bring out their, their great reset, their Green New Deal, they'll have to allow the, 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 the artificially created supply chain issues, the artificially created lockdowns, this, that, and the other, to break the economy and or start a regional war and cross your fingers and hope not to be blown to smithereens that it doesn't turn nuclear. Well, and that's exactly what it is. And, and the problem is these kinds of things can get out of control very quickly. Right. Uh, Putin made the point that in the last week, there have been three occasions where U.S. Uh, jets, fighter jets, some of which are nuclear-capable bombers, are flying within 15 kilometers of the Russian border. Now, at one of those fighter jets that's 15 kilometers away is, is a minute or two from being able to cross into the territory, in which case the Russians, if they thought this was an invasion, would have a couple minutes to decide whether they were going to launch a counterstrike. Right. And so Putin said, look, why don't you, why don't you put in writing the agreements that were made in 1991 with President Bush, with uh, Chancellor Cole, with Margaret Thatcher, that there will be no further eastward expansion of NATO. And of course, since 1991, there's been a significant eastward expansion. Oh, absolutely. And Putin is saying to bring Ukraine and Georgia into NATO would cross a red line. So he said, look, let's avoid this problem by getting a, an agreement. Now, the, the Russians were told by James Baker who was the Secretary of State at the time, there will be not one inch of eastward expansion of NATO. This is in 1991, after the fall of the wall. And that was probably the reason things went so well in terms of east-west relations for the next 10 years, that they were able to take the nuclear, the Russian nuclear weapons out of Eastern Europe, the troops out of Eastern Europe, and have these countries become independent again. But now these countries are being brought into NATO. And in the case of a country like Poland or Latvia, you know, Latvia is the real mouse that roared. They're jumping up and down saying, we're prepared for a Russian invasion. You know, yeah, we and who else? Without a full nuclear backup from the United States and probably also the British, there's nothing these countries could do if Russia invaded. But there's no reason for Putin to get involved in Ukraine. What he wants is the U.S. and Germany and France to force Ukraine to abide to by the agreements that were made 
the so-called Normandy Agreement and the Minsk Agreement, of granting a certain amount of autonomy to the eastern Ukraine provinces of Luhansk and Donetsk. That's all they're asking for, uh, as opposed to the Ukrainians who are saying, no, it has to be fully assimilated, no Russian, uh, no Russian culture or language. So it, it's a real battle. And it's being driven by the Ukrainian fascists who in, are, trace their heritage openly, including the insignias they wear and the flags they wave to the Banderistas, the forces of Stefan Bandera, who was the founder of the Ukrainian SS during World War II when he joined the Nazi SS and recruited Ukrainian fighters to kill Russians, Poles, Hungarians, and Jews in Ukraine on behalf of the, uh, on behalf of the uh, Nazis. What do we have here? We have, uh, oh yeah, the, no, the, this is, yeah, this was the verbal meeting. exchange, yeah, the, the yeah, warnings yeah. between Blinken and, and Lavrov. Look, look at this, uh, <laughs> this low talent hack, Harley. Well, I, I don't know if people know this, but uh, his great grandfather is Ukrainian. Blinken's oh, great-grandfather. There you go. And that's where, just like Brzezinski was a hater of Russia, so is Blinken. Mm. And, you know, you wonder sometimes why it is that someone like Blinken, who seems to be far removed from Pompeo, if you take the words that he's speaking, it could have been spoken by Pompeo. Correct. And so here you have the so-called liberal conservative split, the Obama versus Trump. But the policy is the same. Mm. And I'm not saying this is Trump's policy. I'm saying this was the policy of the State Department and the diplomats when Trump was president. Okay. So, Harley, how's uh, things going, especially with the, the, the Omicron strain, which is an anagram for moronic? Uh, nobody <laughs> plays Scrabble anymore. Uh, and, and the hyperventilation of these drama queens that are in the EU who are making a mountain out of a molehill. What is going on right now, the latest with uh, COVID and all that? Well, it's what, it's an example of someone who was caught with their pants down who's now screaming about something that uh, they should have done something about a long time ago. And what I mean about that is not related to COVID, but just as in the United States, the healthcare system was torn down, significantly torn down in Germany and the United States. And in Germany, which once had a, a top quality healthcare capability, what you have is uh, doctors and virologists who are competent, but you have politicians who are imbeciles. Mm. And you know, if you think the vaccine is a solution, you have to look at what Ursula von der Leyen, who was formerly uh, a Merkel assistant, what she did, von der Leyen, as head, a European Commission president, ordered about one-third of the amount of vaccines that they thought they would need. And so they created the different countries fighting with each other over a small, too small amount of vaccine. And so, you know, at the, at the same time, I'll, I'll tell you what's happening in Germany, which is really kind of frightening. Uh, there are people going into the uh, intensive care units. They, in three states in the eastern part of the country, they have no room in the ICUs. But more importantly, they've lost 35,000 healthcare workers in the last year. People who quit, 
people who left their jobs, people who said they were overworked and underpaid. And so that does create a problem, not just for COVID, but for people with cancer, people with kidney problems, people who need urgent care. They can't get it right now. And so in the meantime, I think there are three cases confirmed of Omicron in Germany. Oh, my God. So (laughs) there's a, a real onslaught from that. But I will say that the Delta variant is still fairly uh, prevalent here. Mm. And the situation is, you know, it, it's pretty much like anywhere else. Since people don't trust authorities, they don't trust government, they, they don't believe what they're told in the media, mm-hmm. there's a significant number of people who basically have uh, turned against any effort to try to address the situation. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is a, a case where you you don't have a a basis for an honest discussion now let me just say one thing about this new government that's coming in yeah it's it's really it would be laughable if it weren't so serious (laughs) you 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 have olaf schultz who is the currently the finance minister he'll become the chancellor on december 6th his whole campaign was on the need for more taxes and more regulation his finance minister is going to be a guy named Lindner from the Free Democrats, the neoliberals, whose whole career has been based on no taxes and no regulations. So how does he end up in a coalition of the Free Democrats with the Social Democrats? Well, he's just a, a completely ambitious guy who wants to be in the government. Then you have the, the two green twins, uh, Habeck, who recently was seen in Ukraine wearing camouflage military uniform on the border of eastern Ukraine. Oh, God. These guys are such clowns. Well, the Greens were started as an anti-war party. Yeah, now they're pro-war. Well, they're totally pro-war. The the foreign minister will be the other twin, uh, Annalena Baerbach, who basically is a robot speaking the language of MI6 and Chatham House. And what she said is that Merkel was too friendly with Putin. Mm. Uh, Now, ever since Merkel was introduced to Putin's large dog and it scared the hell out of her, she wasn't really very friendly with Putin. (laughs) Putin used a little bit of psychological warfare on her and it worked. But Baerbach is, she's a nobody. She's never served in government. She's, as far as I can tell, she's very poorly equipped to have a top government position, much less foreign minister. And so she's going to be putty in the hands of the European Union bureaucrats who, together with NATO, along with Biden, are running these operations saying that the Russians are about to invade and we have to be prepared. Now, V, there's another aspect of this, which is, again, almost laughable, which is the summit of democracies that's coming up. Is that where the United States shows up and they decide who is a democracy and who is not? (laughs) Exactly. You know, one of my, uh, someone I talked to in Russia was saying, uh, if you support the rules-based order idea, in other words, if you submit to give up your sovereignty, to give up your energy production capabilities, and to prepare for war, then you're part of the anti-autocratic democratic states. 
And the, the three themes of this uh, conference, there are about 100 countries supposedly coming. The themes are defending against authoritarianism, addressing and fighting corruption. I mean, given what we're seeing about Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan Chase and Citibank and others, one wonders where this corruption fight is in the United States. And the third is promoting respect for human rights. While U.S. sanctions are killing people all over the world who live in war zones <laughs> that their country was destroyed by oh, the U.S. military, we respect human rights. So the, the Russians and the Chinese were not invited. Uh, there are a number of other countries that are saying... Of course, well, we because they're something. egregious human rights violators, Holly. Egregious. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the uh, statement from one of my friends was uh, what they're trying to do is advance the idea of one single model over all others. And he said Biden is launching an ideological crusade against China and Russia and other nations that dare to deviate from the fundamentals of the Western development model. Yes, they, words, must, they must all bow to globo homo. That's what needs to happen, Harley. That's that's what it is. It's yeah. the so-called rules-based order. <laughs> it's so affectionately it's, called. It's like the little kid who yeah. has the football, and if he doesn't like the way you're playing, he takes it home and there's no game. God, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, and, and, and people always ask me, why do they have their own firewalls? Why do they don't have access to our Internet? Because they don't want our debauchery. They don't want our propaganda. They don't want our the, – the, I mean, look, look at the, what's happening, the spat that is happening between the Russian and American embassies, right? At the end of uh, this year, uh, I, I think there's about 27 Russian diplomats who are going to have their visas canceled. Yeah. And then Russia, who took the, uh, the, the American embassy in Moscow, which had over 1,200 people working there and has whittled it down to 120, which, which is fun, kind of funny, honey, uh, Harley. W what's kind of funny is that the more you, you know, choke out the American embassies in your own soil, the less CIA subterfuge happens, Harley. Isn't that a coincidence? Well, it, it's very interesting that the Russians are putting together this report about uh, U.S. suppression of freedom of the press. And, of course, the U.S. is, is jumping up and down about the uh, uh, treatment of Navalny. And the Russians oh, raised the treatment of Assange. Never gets, never gets discussed. Exactly. But, and Navalny's a con man, a proven con man and an intel uh, plant. That's who he is. Yeah. Well, and then at the same time, on this embassy and this diplomat question, the Russian, eight Russian diplomats at the Russian mission to NATO were kicked out of Brussels. And so, you know, the whole idea of that is that how are you going to have a discussion? Or here's a better one. Uh, they're saying, well, we can't talk to Lukashenko about the Belarus-Polish border. Well, that's because they've sanctioned him. They, they won't let him talk to them. And so it, it's the classic case of a guy who shoots his parents and then appeals to the judge for mercy on the basis that he's an orphan. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's, that's, and that's uh, what that's we're seeing. All right. Now, then the other thing, uh, and people may not be aware of this, but you read these reports in the British and American press that this was the hottest summer on record in Europe. 
Well, I've lived in Europe only four years, but this was the coldest summer I've ever lived anywhere. We barely had a chance to go swimming, and my kids love to swim. And now we're, we're, in, we're having snowstorms, very cold, windy nights, and Germany is closing down its last nuclear plants in, in uh, the beginning of next year. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. That well, they're going to escalate the closing of the coal plants. So here's the another one of these hypocrisies. If you really believe that coal and nuclear and fossil fuels are the problem, and so therefore we're going to be pure by just relying on solar and wind, when there's not enough wind or enough sunshine to give you the electricity you need to run a country, where are they going to go to get the electricity they need? From Polish coal plants and from Czech coal plants, Czechia. Yep. So again, the hypocrisy of the Greens. Uh, the, there was a report out two days ago that there's a 20% gap right now between the amount of electricity available and the amount that's needed. That's going to be up to 40 to 60% uh, in the height of the winter. So what are people going to do? Freeze in the dark? Well, maybe that's they're going to be they're going to be like a bunch of hobos, you know, warming their hands up in a 55 gallon oil drum burning. They're going to be you know burning one of those and then warming up their hands standing around an oil drum, Harley. Well, they won't even have the oil drums because they're shutting down the North Stream 2 before it's even open. These are the geniuses. This is what happens when when ninety nine percent of our governments are run by people with liberal law degrees. Well, and where the common belief is that money is the subject of economics, and so whether you're a liberal or a conservative, you have the same view as all monetarism. You know, people don't understand that, for example, Keynes and uh, Freed, the Freedmanites actually had the same view. They were all monetarists. Yeah. The only question is how much of a supply of money and who should control it was the difference between them. But they, they had no use for the idea of investment in physical production. And this is the lesson people are going to have to learn very quickly. Yeah. An economy is about physical goods production. You improve the economy by increasing the rate of scientific discovery an application of new technologies based on the scientific discoveries. If you take that away, because supposedly science is destroying the planet, then you're going to destroy the human race. Yep, and they love that. That's what they want. But don't worry, they're they have a they're planning a mission for Mars for us, Harley. So, well, know, the ones we, doing that are, are the billionaires. Yeah, and I think they're going to try and get off the planet before their billions turn into nothing because so much of those billions are based on stock valuations. That's all it is. They're paper billionaires. That's all it is. Yeah. They, they, they better get off somewhere. I mean, uh, Jeff Bezos and his uh, penis phallic-shaped rocket blasting <laughs> into outer space. My God. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be interesting is that you'll have Bezos and uh, – uh, the guy from Virgin Airlines. And, uh, Richard uh, Branson. Yeah, and, and the Tesla guy, Musk. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll go to war against each other when they set up their villages on Mars. Good, let them. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Bunch of morons. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. Anything else you'd want to uh, touch base on? 
Well, I just posted an article that I, I sent you guys before on the decision made by Biden to continue the suppression of the release of documents from the Kennedy assassination. There's still tens of thousands of documents. Plus, under Trump, there were 19,000 documents released, but many of them are heavily redacted. And so I just made the point in this article that between the Kennedy assassination, the 9-11 case, and I'm just taking a few of them, and Russiagate, there's clear evidence of criminal activity at the highest levels of the intelligence agencies and law enforcement, which is still being covered up. And there was an effort made to change that when Trump was president, but they didn't get it through. I don't know why. I'm just not sure why. But, but if people want to see the article, I, I think it's really something quite useful to, to think about and discuss because this kind of, you know, that's the other thing. You talk about democracy and transparency. Where is the damn transparency? Yeah. So this is this is a big fight we've got to win. And I think when you talk about all the trees in the forest coming down, and I'm not talking about climate change now, I'm talking about uh, weeding out the criminals. Right. You, I don't know whether the documents still exist even, mm. but the truth does exist somewhere and someone's got to know it. And the sooner the people find out what the truth is, the weaker the people who are running things will be. Very well said. Very well said, Harley. Thank you so much for joining us uh, again. And folks, uh, you can find Harley over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, and the Schiller Institute.com. With that being said, CJ, take it away. 